Welcome to the Frau Vies podcast, where we have conversations with Black women in tech from around the world and share their inspirational stories. I'm Naya Moss, your host and CEO of the Frau Vies community. At Frau Vies, our mission is to provide a community and means of support for Black women in tech. Whether you have worked in tech for 30 years or 10 years, a Black woman or an ally, this podcast is truthful, positive, unapologetic, and made just for you. Please tell everyone about yourself, your background. How'd you get into NTUI? How'd you get into UX? Yeah. Um, Well, my name is Ashley Janelle, um, and I've been doing UX design for probably, I would say, the last two years. Um, I have a bachelor's from Columbia College Chicago, which is an art school. Um, So there I had a major in interactive arts and media with a minor in web design. So I always knew I wanted to do something with the internet, something in terms of design, but I wasn't sure what. Um, When I came out of school, I was applying for a lot of web designer roles, but then back in the day, it was like web design was like a hybrid. And so you had to learn how to, you had to know how to code and I hated coding. So I took a lot of graphic design roles, a lot of like presentation design roles, and I was just really trying to figure it out. Um, And then I was talking to one of my mentors and he was like, what about UX design? And I was like, what? Like, what is that? I've never heard of that. Um, So I I literally looked it up, applied for a boot camp and was in the boot camp like a month later. So the trajectory of like going from graphic design to UX was very quick. Um, it was a full-time boot camp, So I quit my job, kind of went, uh, went on this journey of like really not knowing. I, I did a lot of research about the field in that short amount of time when I was trying to decide if it was really what I wanted to do. Um, and it's, you know, it seemed very, uh, very promising. So I went ahead and did it, but still it's like, you quit your job, you're on this, you're back in quote unquote school again, you know, yeah, after you already yeah. had this four year degree and you're like, okay, this better pay off. Um, but I did my research. I reached out to a lot of people. I took, you know, a lot of interviews and meetings with people, just informational interviews, um, just wanting to know more about the field and how people were finding it. So, um, so that's actually how I got into UX design. Um, I took a short role and, uh, like a month later, uh, I landed a full-time gig where I am now, which is at Caterpillar. Uh, the construction company. So I'm designing um, a lot of their experiences around how operators who operate their machinery use um, technology and essentially apps on their phone to basically log productivity. Um, so uh, superintendents or super supervisors can, you know, monitor their employees and see exactly, you know, what their fleet is doing and how much you know, how much money they're, you know, going to bring in that day, projections for the next day, things like that. 
Yeah, nice. And <clears throat> excuse me, if we could just backtrack um, a little bit. So you yeah. said that you uh, went through a boot camp. I actually didn't realize that. Um, what boot camp did you go through? And was that your first experience with tech in general or or working in this field? So I wouldn't say that was my first experience in tech, but I will say it kind of opened my eyes to bigger possibilities. So before I wasn't necessarily designing for like applications or desktops, it was more like graphic design work. So, you know, maybe it was my first actual introduction, um, but I did a general assembly uh, boot camp. Um, So it was a 10 week course and it took me about... I would say maybe about three weeks to complete my portfolio to make sure that it was good in a good spot so that I could actually go out and feel good about, you know, applying for jobs. Um, and it took me about three months after that boot camp to land that contract role. Nice. And, um, what, like, what was your experience and feeling when you completed your first project in, uh, uh, UI? Yeah. So are you talking about at general assembly? Yeah, like uh, whether it was like at school or whether like it was at your first job, how did you feel when, when you completed like your, your, your first real project? Yeah, so I guess I can say my first couple projects at General Assembly, like I really felt like, okay, why didn't I learn this in school? <laughs> Because you can't design anything. You can't create any type of experience without knowing who you're creating it for. And it's really almost a backwards way of teaching. And so, you know, now since, I mean, I graduated in 2013, um, the curriculum has since changed, obviously, because things are are rapidly changing. But the way that I felt when I, you know, finished my first project was just like, why didn't I learn these skills before? They make so much sense. Everything makes so much more sense now. I'm actually focusing on more of the user perspective. The design I pretty much had down. I wasn't really focusing on that. I knew that my stuff was going to look, you know, the way that it was going to look was going to be good. I wanted to focus more on the things that I didn't know, like the research and the different types of research and, you know, actually how to talk to customers, how to interview, um, how to interview users, how to survey people, how to just make sure that you're creating the right product for someone else. And that, you know, taking yourself out of the equation, that was a big, I would say that was the biggest learning curve, but it made so much sense. So it was pretty easy to pick up and pretty easy to learn. Oh, wow. That was, that was pretty cool. And, and like, did you practice at, uh, at home? Did you have a laptop at, at home that, that you, uh, you can practice on? Um, yeah. that's something for you. Yeah. So, um, I had my personal laptop and so I would take that into work every day or into class every day. And when I would come home, that's all I would do is I, we had, you know, obviously projects that we were working towards and goals that we had to meet. Um, so that was all I was doing. We had reading materials, um, but most of it consisted around projects. So yeah, I was just really going home and honing in on those skills because it's one of those things where you can take the boot camp, but if you don't go home and apply it and you don't go home and keep reading and keep studying. And I was, on YouTube, like looking up other, you know, research methods that we didn't discover in class. Like there's just, there's just not enough time in the day. Um, so I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And I knew that that was my time because it's not 
often that as an adult, you are not working. So for me to have this time where I don't have any other distractions, I was like, this is what I need to focus on. So I make sure that, you know, I was reading job descriptions to make sure that I was learning the right things. Like I was really on it because I was really adamant about, you know, once the class was over, picking it up, you know, and getting right back into it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I actually had a very similar um, experience. Very quickly, um, I, I I went to a technical school briefly called um, Prescolis, where they teach you um, IT support. Um, and I had the very same experience. And like as you mentioned, like um, some of these boot camps, there might not be enough time within class. So yeah. for those you know like us that were fortunate to have laptops at home or or be able to go home and, and practice, it was very helpful to be able to kind of like take more time outside of you know the forty or fifty hours that you spend yeah. week in in class. And mm-hmm. and you know and it's to to be in a boot camp is also like being in a like in a full-time job like you work your your 40 hours then you you go home and you still have more to do and you have to take it seriously so I think that was you know pretty cool um and and like when it came to getting your your first job um did you feel like you had to fit every um point that was in the uh, job um, description or did you just say, Hey, you know what? I fit five out of these 10. I'm just going to go for it. Um, I think I probably felt like, you know, I fit most of these, so I'm just going to go for it. I never see myself as unqualified for something because my (laughs) motto is even if you don't know it, you get in there and you learn it. I will sit there and I will be on Google. I mean, the thing is, we're in the tech industry. Things are constantly changing. There's new terminology. There's new programs. There's new this. There's new that. So, you know, committing things to memory is not really something that we have to worry about. I mean, sure, certain things, but a lot of things we can just look up whenever we need to look it up. So I was more, you know, concerned about getting in there, get, you know, getting your foot in the door, um, and, and making a good impression and doing a good job. Um, I, at the same time I had that role, that contract role, I was also interviewing from our current role because I wanted something that was, you know, full time and, and going to be consistent. Um, and it was interesting because I really loved my contract role. It was at Redbox. And although it kind of seems like, oh, isn't that kind of a dying industry? Like it was still a really cool industry to work in. It was a movie industry. It was, you know, it was kind of sexy, the things that we got to do and, you know, and produce. And then I get this call from Caterpillar that, you know, you got the job. And I was like, really? Like I just didn't, I just didn't think so. Like Caterpillar, it was a really great opportunity, which is why I initially went for it. They at the time did not have um, any UX people. And so, you know, when you come from a company that is over a hundred years old, they don't have a lot of the, um, they don't have a lot of the advances that, you know, technology companies that are starting today have, right. Cause these people before they're, they're doing paper, they were faxing, you know, so now we have to get a, co- a company that's over a hundred years old up to speed on what UX is. I also at the, you know, in my contract well, at Redbox, I had, um, a situation where we kind of had to prove our worth 
which is something that a lot of UX designers can probably speak to is like, you might have upper management come in and say, why do we need to spend this money on this role? And it's really about educating that, you know, you can't just put out what you want to put out. You have to do research and you have to put out what the customer, you know, what the customer says you need to put out and actually have a, a process in which, you know, things should happen. Um, and so that's what Caterpillar was trying to do. And they wanted to bring somebody in to do it. So I was like, you know, why not? I took a leap. The only reason why I was hesitant was because it was the construction industry. And I really liked, you know, kind of, like I said, the sexiness of the graphics and the apps that I got to produce at Redbox. But it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And I am so glad that I didn't. Um, it's interesting to go into work every day and actually love what you do. Um, I can't really explain it, but the things that I get to do, the opportunities that I've had to just grow and learn as a designer, um, as a UX designer, talking to customers, it's, it's an experience that, um, that I, you know, I really appreciate Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited to like (laughs) hear your, your story and like, that, you know, that you had an easy and nice time, like n- not easy. I mean, like you worked hard, but you know, you had a good experience going into your first role. Um, yeah. and, um, um, earlier, I think you might've mentioned like, that, like, do you have the flexibility to work from home, um, and work in the office? Um, yeah. are they flexible in terms of that? Yeah. So, um, I can work from home on days where it's necessary. Um, I'm in Chicago. So tomorrow our high is like negative 15. Um, so, you know, it's also one of those things where I'm actually the only one in my office that's on my team. Um, the rest of my team sits somewhere else. So we all are kind of remote in a way, um, in regard to our team. Um, so we have all the tools to pretty much work from anywhere, just like, you know, most people, uh, in tech. So that really helps. Um, I love work-life balance and I tend to work a little longer, take shorter breaks when I'm at home. I'm just trying to get it done and and get through it. So that, you know, work-life balance for me is everything. I came from an agency where it's all about the client. You know, if it's 4 p.m. on a Friday and that client says, "Uh uh-uh, we need this changed, you can't go. That was, you know, agency life is a really good experience because it teaches you how to multitask. You can work with a bunch of different clients, but that is where I learned I need my work. I need you to respect my time. (laughs) You know, I have things to do. You know, I will work as hard as I can when I feel like it's necessary, but, you know, working for the client and always being on their time, God forbid, you know, I ever Yeah, I, I, wow, this is like so amazing. I actually had a very similar um, experience. I also, you know, worked at Agency Life not too yeah. long ago. And, <laughs> you know, it was definitely a step in my career that was like amazing, by the way. Worked with some really big names. And to this day, like if that company probably asked me to come back, I maybe would. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely taught me what to look for in my next role. And it told yeah. me like, it's, it taught me like, Hey, like you need respect. Like you need yes. to have a job where like on the weekends you can go to the park and you can, you know, like, as you mentioned, have that life work balance versus like, Hey, like this client need this done, needs this done by 4am tomorrow morning. 
you need to stay up for the next 24 hours right. to get it done. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like I would say every experience I've had, it's helped to like mold what I want in my next role. So I'm really glad that you had that experience too, where it's like, now you can say like, okay, my next job, like, this is what I don't want. And especially yes. going in, you can say like, this is what I won't deal with. Um, and when you were like, we were interviewing for your first job, um, were there other black women that were, um, working there or in the tech department as well? Like whether in UI or programming, no. Um, and still to this day, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's another uh, black woman who sits a couple seats down from me in the office, but we work on totally separate teams. Um, you know, it's one of those things where the industry has to catch up and the companies have to catch up as well. You know, you walk into a space and everyone looks one way. There's something wrong with that. Um, but I've also never worked in a corporate environment that didn't look like that. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, that that's good, but what I'm saying is that it, it prepared me to not expect that. However, we do have opportunities where we hire and that is where I step in and I try to do my due diligence. I say, you know, look, let's make sure that we are putting this job posting in this place. Let's put it on, you know, on our LinkedIn, send it out on our social channels so that everybody is getting an opportunity to at least be seen and to be heard. Um, I think that's, you know, really important. One of the things that <laughs> my that I've always tried to do as a designer, like my little, you know, diversity that I've tried to throw in is whenever I can, you know, find an image, an image of a black person to put on whatever it is that we're creating going up. (laughs) Like it is going up. Like I, that's always been, you know, you do what you can do, you know? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It means a lot. If you go to a website and you see somebody that looks like you, then you think like, okay, I can do this job too. Or, you know, I can be, you know, an operator who, you know, runs machines for Caterpillar. Like you never know who's looking into what careers and you want to make sure that you are for everyone and that you're inviting everyone to, into those spaces. Um, so yeah. that's always something you know, I've tried to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure other black women that are designers probably do the same thing. Um, when I was doing websites, I definitely was on a high search for, you know, images that included black women, um, in professional settings. So, um, yeah, I, I I can definitely, um, I can attest to that. So speaking of your work, like what does a typical work day look like for you? Like you go to work at 9am and like, what does your day uh, entail? Yeah. So, um, I would say it depends on the day, but I could be doing anything from, uh, finalizing design edits, um, because we're in a sprint. So we got to get things done by a certain day to get those to the dev team. Um, I could also be in meetings with our, um, so it's funny, the first day on the job at Caterpillar, I was tasked with bringing in with, with hiring a usability vendor. So, um, a lot of times we're working with our vendor because we have the usability test and we need to, you know, get them the screens and get them the questions and get them the scenarios. So I'm, you know, either talking to them or we're actually running a usability test, um, or we're having, you know, team meetings where we're kind of going through and critiquing each other's work and trying to, you know, figure out exactly what's going to work best for the business. So it's a little bit of, a little bit of everything. 
Um, my happiest times are when I can just kind of zone out and just start designing and creating. Um, we're always, you know, recreating things for either redesign or, you know, there's a customer problem that, you know, maybe we, you know, didn't see or something that we kind of put, pushed down on the roadmap. So now we're bringing it back. So, you know, going through ideation, um, with that, but it's, it's interesting because our team has really found ways, like I'm sure a lot of other teams to work together virtually. So, um, we use a tool called Figma, um, and that's our design and prototyping tool. So it really allows us to collaborate. Um, we have our, our UI kit in there. We have our design system in there. So, I mean, we have, uh, Figma and Slack, which is every tech person's <laughs> lifeline. <Yeah. laughs> check our Slack before we check our emails, I always say. So, um, yeah, it's going between, you know, a few of those programs and, and just, you know, being in some meetings and then, um, ultimately doing some designing. Nice. And, uh, how did you learn how to use Figma? Like, did you learn on the job or did you teach yourself? Yeah. So Figma is a tool that I brought, um, to my team. And I said, you know, I think we should use this. It's very similar to sketch, which is why I wanted to use it. Um, it, so, you know, it had less of a, um, a learning curve. Um, but the other reason we use it is because it, it's a collaboration tool. So, you know, a couple of us in our, in our, on our team can be working on the same file, you know, um, at one time and, you know, doing different things. So it has been instrumental in the way that we have kind of transformed our, the way that we work. Um, it's very collaborative, collaborative. Our dev team uses it so they can go in there and they can pull out code and, um, do whatever they need to do. So, yeah, but we initially started using it because it, um, it's very close to, um, to sketch. Wow. So you were able to convince your entire team to, to use this tool. That's, that's yeah. when I tell you that they brought I me on, they were like, yeah, they brought me on and they were like, we, you know, we need help with this. We, you know, we want to grow a UX team. Um, at that time we didn't have the resources to actually have an in-house re- research team. So that's why we had to hire a usability vendor, but now we actually have an in-house research team. So I've been with the company a year and a half. So within a year and a half, we've hired more designers and we've also hired some researchers. So now we have an actual team that is within the company. Um, you know, they're going to have domain, um, expertise. so it's just, it's really, um, you know, it was really a good opportunity for me to kind of come in and shape it the way that I saw that it should be shaped. And the other, the other thing that I thought was cool when I actually took the role was because I had just come out of this boot camp where everything is a process um, and everything was kind of ingrained, you know, this process was ingrained in my mind. I was like, this is a really good time for me to instill this process that's fresh in my mind into this company that really, really needs it. Um, because it's so easy to get away from the process. You know, sometimes you don't want to sketch, you want to kind of go right to high fidelity, you know, high fidelity designs without doing low fidelity. Um, but you know, kind of going back to that process, um, just really gets us back on track. But yeah, that's kind of how that all came together. Oh, that's wow. That is pretty, I am impressed. That yeah. is really cool. And I, I mean, that shows a lot of courage as well. Like, I, I mean, there aren't too many people that can come into a company, you know, and within their first year, um, be able to speak up and say like, Hey, this is how we should 
do things because it's going to benefit us. It's going to be- benefit us as a team, as a, as a company. So, I, I mean, it's like kudos to you for, for having that, um, courage. And like, would you consider that your most, um, uh, how do you say it? Um, your most, um, successful moment in your job or, or was there another moment in your job that you felt like, you know, great about what you did and you you completed something. Yeah. You know, I would say that is probably one of the things that I'm most proud of. Um, And I I think it also takes courage on the company's side. And it's interesting because whenever I meet people, especially like at conferences and, you know, everyone's like, oh, where do you work? Where do you work? What do you do? What do you do? And you have people there from Facebook and people there from Google and Snapchat and, you know, Slack and all these different, you know, tech companies. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm from Caterpillar. I'm a UX designer. And everyone kind of stops. And they're like, (laughs) oh, what do you do? Like what, what kind of, so how does you guys have UX there? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you know, different people are dealers our operators, customers, they have to use applications just like everyone else to, to do their jobs. But it's really interesting because while like a kind of what I spoke to before about having these, these younger companies that start out with the, with the head start because they are tech based companies, this, mm-hmm. I'm from, you know, a hundred and hundred plus year old company that is now looking to go digital. It's, it's a different kind of challenge, right? Like when you yeah. then coming in and things are kind of already set for you and there's a process, it's figuring it out. So, you know, whenever, you know, I'm asked about, you know, what challenges, you know, do you face in your role? I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge, but it is something that is different, right? Than yeah. other people that work in the tech space. So I would say that's probably one of, um, one of my proudest moments. Yeah. Nice. And you know, I'm, I'm actually really glad you gave that experience because I, I I do think that when people think tech, they're like, let me go to Google, let me go to Facebook, let me go someplace large. Um, and Mm -hmm. for me, I was one of those people that actually did it that way. I started out in large corporations. Um, but then I heard how much the startup world was paying for, cause I actually had dropped out of college and I heard how, how much startups were paying to people that had experience versus, you know, caring about education. And I switched from large corporations banking to startups and, you know, and, and pretty much exactly like what you just explained is like, everyone kind of like pushes, you know, to work at Facebook and Google and all and Instagram. Um, but I feel like the real opportunities for you to grow in your career when you're first starting out are these small businesses that are trying to up their tech. It's the small businesses or startups that are just starting out where you're, you're going to be able to have more say, um, be a little bit more bold and, 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 and courageous and, you know, kind of put your, your, your hands in other places, um, in a sense of, you know, like, let's say in like two, two years from now, you, you, you know, you, you want to do something different you want to go full into maybe coding or infrastructure or networking. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's space in your company where, you know, if you wanted to do that, you can versus when you work at larger companies, um, you're kind of in that role or you can move up in that, you know, same space, but as a manager or director, um, and it's kind of hard to move somewhere else and learn other skills. 
Yeah. Well, with Caterpillar being a large company, they have larger departments. So like even our team, I would say we're pretty, we're kind of a small team. There's maybe, so there were three of us um, and now there's maybe six of us. Um, But the opportunities to go, you know, into any different, like, I'm on, I work for one platform right now, but you have to think like at Caterpillar, we have so many different domains. All of those domains have different teams. Like we're trying to create this center of excellence where we push out the design standards and everyone else adopts them. But okay. essentially everyone has their own area. So like, you know, to your point, it is nice to be able to, you know, at least have that option if that's something that you, you know, want to do, if you want to go into, you know, a different space. Um, so yeah, definitely. Nice. And so what advice would you give to another black woman in tech? So if you met a a girl that was 17 years old and she's like, you know, I want to work in in UI. I'm not really sure. Like what advice would you give to her to encourage her and, and, you know, and, and push forward some positivity about working in tech? Yeah. Well, one thing I would say is something It's interesting because it's something that I personally didn't struggle with, but I think it has to do with the school that I went to. Um, and that is to just speak up, speak up on your ideas. Um, you know, the creative industry is all about your ideas. Even if you think it's the most crazy idea and it's all the way to the left, throw it out there, you know, speak up. Don't be afraid to, you know, to, to voice your concerns about something. Don't be afraid to speak up to management. It kind of, you know, it's one of those things where as women, we, we tend to kind of go into a shell when we don't feel like our voice is going to matter. Um, and a lot of times that does happen when you are surrounded by, by men or you are on a team where it's mostly men or, you know, it can be, you know, a number of factors, but I would just say, you know, speak up, especially, you know, at companies where you are the minority, <laughs> which is, you know, most of the time going to be the case when you, you know, talk corporate. Um, and, you know, a lot of pe- people other than you are considered knowledgeable about things. They can, they're considered you know, sharp and and experts, because why wouldn't they be right? So, you know, you have to speak up and let people know that you are there as well. You have ideas and you would like to share them. Um, For me going to a tech and creative school, my work environment feels very much like what I experienced when I was in college. So I think it kind of helped me for, you know, where I am now and the expectations that I have when I go different places. Um, So I don't really, you know, expect to be, you know, among other women (laughs) in my group, especially when you start talking coding and design. Um, That's just not how it is. And especially, you know, black women, you can almost forget it. So um, yeah, just speak up and, you know, don't be afraid to think that your ideas don't, or don't, you know, don't be afraid and think that your ideas don't matter. Nice. Well, we definitely thank you and appreciate that um, advice. And I, I really hope that um, some young woman, uh, black woman listening and just black women listening in general really take uh, that advice. Um, now, while we have some time, it looks like, um, I'm actually really interested um, as well in your blog. Um, yeah. I had some, some time to like look up your blog. And um, I think like last night I saw like you did like a UX challenge. Like, 
uh, did, like, did you run that yourself? Yeah. I'm just like interested in, in like you telling everyone about like, how did you start your blog? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my, my blog, um, it's definitely something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I wanted to kind of put myself out there in different ways, but I wasn't really sure how. Um, so it's one of those things that kind of like put off, put off, put off. And so I finally went for it. And so I feel like now I'm kind of in the, I know, I think I know where this is going phase. So the, um, UX design challenge was just a way for me to get, um, you know, other people in design, um, even people who aren't in design, maybe people that are just interested. I just wanted to give someone a fun thing to do over Christmas break because, I had the entire Christmas break off. So it was maybe like 10 or so days. And while it was a nice break, I know that my mind tends to be like, okay, what's next? What, what, you know, what do I have to do? You know, how can I keep, you know, my wheels turning? Um, and I just wanted to give people a fun, creative outlet. Um, so I created the, um, the UX design challenge. So we had four, um, four or five participants from all over the world. We had a few from Africa. It was really, really cool. Um, so they all, you know, contributed, um, took part in the challenge and they did everything from, uh, the research all the way to high fidelity prototypes. So it was really, really cool to see people just getting involved, um, in something over Christmas break when usually people are just sitting around drinking, you know, egg <laughs> opening gifts. Yeah. Um, but the, but the rest of the blog, um, I'm really trying to, I get a lot of questions from people who want to know, how I got into UX, how can they get into UX, um, you know, what my experiences and different things like that. And so um, part of my website, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm actually in the process of redesigning it and I'm going to be offering services now. Is this something nobody knows? So you hear it here first, but yeah, so services are going to be offered. Um, I'm going to be doing creative consulting and also UX coaching. Um, and it's funny because I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm giving myself permission to do these things. Imposter syndrome is real and it doesn't matter how many people tell me I'm good at this or I'm a good designer or I'm a good content creator. Or I'm a good blogger until I feel like I'm ready to actually put myself out there and go for it. I'm going to kind of stay in this, you know, creator shell that we kind of, you know, put ourselves in because we're scared to put ourselves out there. But now I really feel like I have something to share. I have something to offer. Um, my journey has not been a straight shot. Um, so I really just want to help other people and, you know, hopefully give them some shortcuts and things that I wish I had known. Um, and then the other part of the website is, um, a lot of, uh, content creation and, um, influencer marketing. So working with different tech companies, brand partnerships, um, specifically in the tech space and really trying to bring light to, um, tech products that I enjoy. Um, and that I want to write about and, um, you know, things that I want to tell people about, you know, when I find a good product, something that's really good that I'm, you know, going to spend my money on, I want to tell people about it. So, yeah, yeah that is what girl, I am so excited <laughs> for you. That is so cool. And I, I, I can't wait to like watch you, um, launch this. And I'm so excited that we're hearing about it here first. <laughs> um, you. I'm, I'm really excited and I hope like in any way that we can 
um, help you and like help you get some clients uh, to get started um, as well. So, yeah, definitely. I guess I should say um, my website is ashleyjanelle.com. So that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-J-A-N-E-L-L-E.com. Um, and then I also do a lot of content creation on Instagram. So it's um, at the T-H-E Ashley Janelle. So yeah, you can follow follow me there and, and, and see what comes next. I have, I'm already thinking, you know, like us creatives are, we're already thinking past what hasn't even come out yet. So yeah. 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 Nice. And by the way, your Instagram is beautiful. Your <laughs> travel photos. I, you know, I, of course I had to like look you up before we met and yeah, I mean, I recommend everyone to like check out you know, like your website, which is already beautiful. So I'm excited to see what's coming <laughs> at, um, and your, your Instagram. And I just want to thank you for meeting with me, coming on and talking and helping to inspire others. I really no, appreciate it. You. Yeah. And anything, anything you need, just let me know. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe and share it with the world. Stories of Black women in tech just isn't for Black women in tech. It's for the world to hear and see how strong human beings we are. Do you know of any Black women in tech who want to tell their stories? Tell them to write in to Naya at Frauvies. That is N-A-Y-A at F-R-A-U. V-I-S dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and share.